So welcome all you Decamorphin Power Rangers as we discuss 1996. And what's amusing is last week we were discussing 1995 and we're speaking about Westlife's key change when they stand up. Well, if we ever record this live, you'll see that I do my little stand up key, <laughs> key change thing at the start. Um, but no, welcome to Decapod in 1996. How are you, Emma Morgan? I am fine, Terry Cook. Awesome. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. nothing spectacular today. No. Nothing spectacular. Probably the same as 1996, and that wasn't even intentional. It. Beat me to it. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, way for us to sort of set expectations and get people excited. <laughs> like, yeah, meh. If if you're going to skip an episode. Don't skip this one because you're probably going to hear a few rants. I've got a feeling there might be a few rants, and rants are always fun. Definitely, definitely. Both to have and to sort of listen to. So you're a winner either way. Which do you prefer? Oh, I love a rant. I love to have a rant. Yes, I know. Quite an angry person. Yes, I know. (laughs) We're going to establish this. Right. Shall we dive straight in? We can do. Are we going to go music? Yeah. Who's was going first, me or the. I don't mind. I've highlighted. I think I've actually managed to highlight ten in pink, with, with some honourable mentions. But I think I've got ten. I got ten, and I, I, I must admit that the music for for '96 was strong again. I was I was very very happy with the music for 1996, and I had to rule out some that I just did not like putting a line through. It's like I'd mm. wrote down wrote down about seventeen songs again, and and crossed out you know seven and oh, it felt it felt wrong especially with some of the ones i've included but, <laughs> but yeah because because again i'm we play dangerous games at times me and you we play very dangerous games when i'm thinking I'm pretty sure i'm all have that one in so i can i cannot do that and then there's going to be a time we caught out doing that there's going to be i think our um we're kind of we're at a cross not a crossroads what's what's a, like a fork in the road and I feel you've maybe gone down one road and I've gone down the other one now, though. I can feel it's just dissipating a little bit. You're going down Britpop and I'm going down Cheese. Yeah, but that's nice because that means we're all we're all bases covered, aren't we? Well, yeah. I mean, I love the cheese, as we're aware. <laughs> I'm looking at my list as we say this. Definitely <laughs> love the cheese. <laughs> so we're... Um... I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind going first, just in case I go off on one again, like I did last yeah. last week. I mean, again, I think it's really nice that we plan this stuff before the show. <laughs> you know, we're just, um, you know, ad hoc. Why not? <laughs> I well, you know, I have I have life things that I need to <laughs> burden you with. <laughs> yeah, I know, but uh, you know, I reckon one day we should plan. We should spend like a whole five minutes before we press record and actually plan what we're going to do and in what order. And first of all, see if it makes the show any better <laughs> or worse. And then secondly, see if anyone notices. Yeah, okay. Oh, but we won't say which one. I was going to say, no. let's do that next week. Let's not. Because also I like going off script a lot. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that could be more fun. If you're trying, it'll be like bottom live. That's what it'll be. One of us tries to make a vague attempt to stick to a, a rough script and the other one just being fucking talking yeah. to Nottingham and how they speak and that. <laughs> well, 
you know, if we ever describe ourselves in that scenario, I never thought I'd be cast as aid. I'm all right with it. Just it just doesn't seem the route that I would go that I would be aid in this scenario. But <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think generally you would be more aid than me. No, sorry, you would be more um, richer than me. I think that even in appearance, you know, I've got the bald <laughs> head, you've got the long hair, but. I think even personal, I'm a bit more grumpy. It's close. It's, well, I think we're quite closely matched, but just, just maybe. Yeah, but I think you're more kind. I'm going to say boisterous. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> word, but almost. I'm going to again. I'm not great with words with established, so I'm going to go with flamboyant. You're more oh yes, flamboyant. I'm more like yeah, whatever. <laughs> there's there's the occasional bout of flamboyance. Which was when I was, uh, uh, oh God, this is very meta. This is what I'm about to say is very meta, right? Oh, oh, which relates to something we're going to talk about further down the line. <laughs> um, but very meta thing in that I was editing 1990, oh, fuck knows, four today. And I noticed myself on that going a bit of a flamboyant tangent. There was a bit of singing in 1994 that I didn't even know I'd done. So there you go. I don't know. I feel like I would remember. Oh, I'm excited for the listen back then. It was it was trying to recall something and I started singing a song. So oh, fantastic. Yeah, so we've we've gone sort of very meta there talking about editing 1994 while we're recording 1996. Yeah. I am confused as fuck right now. So we should get let's just start talking about 1996 music and that might help you. What is it like find the room again? Yeah, because we've spoken about starting this for the past six minutes and we've not I done. know. <laughs> Oops. Okay, right. I'm just going to go in with my 10 highlighted, but I might have a few that I just sort of want to mention at the very, very end. Um, Right. So I'm going to go in there. I'm going to keep on like a few of my Britpop things. So I've put an Oasis one in there. They must have got a lot of mention last week, but don't look back in anger. It's brilliant. I mean, I've said this before. People might think Blur are the clever ones, but there isn't a tune by Oasis, I don't think that doesn't make you go, yes, when it comes on. Don't Look Back in Anger has got a poignant um, sort of meaning for me now. Really recently, so my my son has a tablet, he goes on YouTube and he gets to sort of know, and he really loves music and he came bounding into the room one day and went, mummy, this is mummy music. And he'd put Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis on and I was like, oh my God, my work here is done. That, and he knows who Jarvis Cocker is. So it's like, there isn't much more that I need to do. But yeah, Don't Look Back in Anger, that always grounds me, always makes me think about mummy music. So that is also on my list. Um, And it's one of my favourite Oasis songs. And it's one of them where I'm not good, like at name that tune, really, really bad name, but I can name that one. You know, uh-huh. the first couple of notes or chords or whatever the musical relevance is, um, I can I can get that one on. I very I enjoy that song. It's a nice song. It's lovely. Right. So sticking with that, I've also got Ironic by Alanis Morissette. So not Britpop, but very much in that kind of indie kind of thing and a very big tune. And everyone always likes to say, but the most ironic thing is all the things she says aren't actually ironic. <laughs> What's that an impression of me? <laughs> right, okay. I hate that song. You've never said that to me. Well, that's all right then. How ironic. It's just that, yeah, there you go. But that's the same voice you do when you do an impression of me. No, it's, it's just it's like every time. 
it's my go-to voice uh, for people. Right. So movie so you don't like the song. Um I just I just read really, I quite like Alanis Morissette, so I thought it's worth mentioning. So I'm gonna go with the like an absolute underdog of the Britpop world, and that is space. And the song I'm having is Female of the Species. Is more deadlier than the male. They're a fantastic band. I'm sorry, I have seen them live. But I, I saw them like not that long ago. I saw them about five years ago in one of the smallest rooms I could ever imagine. And it really broke my heart because I thought that they were like, they were up there in my opinion, certainly like with bands like Ash and that and and that kind of, you know, in Elastica and Sleeper probably. And they did this teeny tiny room, but they did it like it was Wembley. And Tommy, the lead singer, met everybody after. They just sat on the stage and had photos with everybody. I've got so much time for them. I love that album. I could never buy the album because it was covered in spiders. Like literally the CD or the artwork on it is all spiders. So that ruined it for me. But yeah, Space. Good shout. I like that song. I don't, I don't, can't really remember much else by Space, but I remember that song. And I can remember when it came out, finding it really weird. Like just an odd, I'd not heard a song like that before, but yeah. somehow really liking it. Oh, yes. I guess the other big one by them is Me and You versus the World, which is well, a bell, but... good neighbourhood. Anyway, so I'm pleased that they've kind of had a mention now. So another big song. It's not Britpop, but it, it really does sum up 96 for me. And that's Born Slippy by Underworld. There's so many reasons that song is important to me, but I re- that sort of summed up the summer. But I also know if that's the... If this is the year that that song came out, then it's 1996 that me and my friends got caught underage drinking to a point where police were called to my parents' house. <laughs> what were you doing? Were you being a hooligan? <laughs> yeah, down down the wreck, drinking cider that we uh, got somebody to go in and buy for us. And yeah, there's always that one friend that doesn't handle it quite as well. So they kind of, there was always like a curfew they, we tried to find the other friends. They could not be found. We had to abandon her. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible. We had to save our own skins and get home. Um, and then it all came unraveling around me when her parents knocked at the door and went, where's a daughter? And I was like, I don't know. But I got home on time. <laughs> I, um, I remember the first time I went out like drinking with my mates. It was, I don't know, maybe 14, 15, around that age. And um, we went to get some Chinese food after. So and I went in and I'm like, I've always wanted to do this. And I just started saying numbers you know, <laughs> off the board. And then I spent about, I don't know, 40 quid or something. I'd just been paid for my little job I had. And um, I spent about 40 quid on Chinese food. And on the way back, I thought, oh, this will make my friends laugh. I'm going to pretend to go to sleep on this wall. Obviously fell asleep on the wall. <laughs> they went back, ate all the Chinese I woke up like I don't know, half an hour later, freezing cold and wet because it started raining. Goes back in, all food's gone. Everyone's like, the sleep all gone on. Oh, so you were that friend that got up. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> abandoned sick. many a time. Oh. Still get abandoned often. Oh, <laughs> part of me wanted to walk off then. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not great on a visual. <laughs> No, not great on a visual thing, but we could have released the footage. Okay, so sticking with this. So, yeah, I've got a couple of, like, like dancey songs in there. So I've got Robert Miles' Children on my list as well. That was huge then, and he was this, like, really prominent sort of 
mid to late 90s. I thought that one was important. Bellissima by DJ Quicksilver also. Um, again, just the dance scene was just getting a bit exciting. Like I remember being desperate to be able to go out clubbing on the weekends at strikes in Skegness, but we were many years before I could do that. So yeah, just love that. And also Firestarter by Prodigy was um, highlighted on my list. A nickname bequeathed to one of my ex-boyfriends because he was hanging out at mine once and my dad walked in and he was just messing around with candles in my room so he was forever known as Firestarter. By my dad he was not fond of him at all. There you go and I've also got Don't Speak by No Doubt which is a brilliant song. Harder to sing on karaoke than you might think. She's, oh she's just, just pretty, she hasn't aged either Gwen Stefani. She's a beautiful lady. Beautiful. Yeah. And a couple more from me. Oh, yeah. So I know which one I sort of want to finish on. So I'm going to do an impression of the next one because it's <laughs> just to see if you can guess it. But it will be like one of the words that I'll say will be like in the title of the song. So you ready? Oh, I'm feeling the pressure now. Because <laughs> right. you're making out like it should be obvious, which means I'm not going to get it. No, there's general consensus of how shit my um, song impressions are in the group. So you're good. I think I think the world is on your side with this. Don't worry. So if I kind of go... That, that sounds like Vanilla Ice again. <laughs> if I tell you it's by Tupac. Oh, I don't know, Tupac. Uh, California Love. No. California Love. You I know. don't know, no, Tupac. No. <laughs> you'll it, know that song. No. You need no, you check it after, you'll definitely. It's big, big song. I'm right down. Cal- California what? Love. Love. I've wrote it down. I'm not going to look at it. And then I'm ending on, yes. So a brilliant song called Novocaine for the Soul by Eels. And that has to be on my list. I did not discover this in the year 1996, but I discovered Eels about four or five years later. And that album, is the album called Beautiful Freak itself? And then there's a single called Beautiful Freak. That's one of my most favorite albums of all time. So I have to have that on there just in case it doesn't come up again. Uh, yeah, and then apart from some honourable mentions, that will do me. I think that's that's you mentioned before about um, uh, a, a parting in the roads, a Y junction, if you might like. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, and I think that they've made a really good point because I, apart from uh, California Love, which I haven't heard. And uh, ironic, which is just fucking shit. And oh, I'm gonna speak like that in a minute. I actually really like all those songs, and I think the key thing is when you speak about the the Y junction, if you like, um, is that you have taken the the route, not necessarily Britpop, but of quality music. Yes, I have taken the <laughs> the route of not so much quality not mainstream quality more like a mainstream tripe okay yeah um but i'll come back to that in a second because i genuinely hate the song ironic and i think this reason i hate it is because everyone bangs on about how good it is and i think i just always thought it was all right but because everyone's told me it's fucking awesome and i just think it's all right now i despise it how ironic yes <laughs> Yes, it's like ironic how much I despise it. And it's not been funny on any of the occasions. 
which in itself is ironic. You take that back. At least one was funny. Mine one was that I used just mm-hmm. then. Um, so yeah, as we come to my um, somewhat esteemed collection of uh, <laughs> of songs, I am going to just like caveat this initially by saying I feel like I need to say these aren't my or all and my favourite songs of the year 1996. They're very much just a collection of <laughs> songs that amuse me almost. Okay, um, yeah, no, I'm good with that. With some really good ones in there as well. For example, first one I'm going to mention, I'm going to get every morsel out of this I can, as far as I can, in every decade that we can go, uh-huh. because it was the X-Files theme tune by Mark Snow. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. I, really, I remember that being in the charts. Yep. So, any excuse I can have to talk about the X Files is good for me. Um, did I tell you I like the X Files and got trading cards and comics and stuff like that? We never, we never mentioned trading cards. Oh, I've got sets back there. There's <laughs> like collections that are full. So, yeah, the X Files. And I can remember buying that single and genuinely putting it on all excited. And then you listen to it once, it's like, not really want to listen to that again now. It's not something you can listen to. It's yeah. the theme tune to the X Files. Was so? Did they do a couple of versions though? Did they do the actual theme song? Because I feel like there was a dance version. I think there was. I think there were like three or four tracks on the the single or whatever. But mm. it's still to this day. There's not many songs that do it, but it's still one of the uh, sort of theme tunes that I won't skip past. I'll oh, leave really? on. Yeah, there's that one. There's the Office. I always leave on. Which one? The, the American one. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I do leave the English one as well, but that's yeah. just more because it's short, so I don't have to skip it. can't remember what else. But, yeah, there's there's a few there that I'll leave them. Uh, but, no, the X-Files I mentioned. I had Don't Look Back in Anger by the uh, the Magnificent Oasis. I'm also going to mention this one just to give you some chills, which is Three Lines on a Shirt by a certain Mr. Bidil and Mr. Skinner, um, which was very much the theme of 1996. Yeah, the anthem, isn't it? But what I love about that is he's really out, which is really weird. He's really out of tune on that single, but it makes him all the more adorable. He's just showing up and trying his little best. Also from 1996, and this isn't a jokey one. This is one of my favourite songs of all time. It's Lifted by the Lighthouse Family. Oh, yeah. did come up just too many on my list already, but yeah. Nice song. Also, um, and, and again, another one of my favourite songs of all time. And you know that I've been counting down for this song. There was two that I have mentioned previously, one of which was the, the epic Scatman John classic <laughs> we spoke about last week. And this week we are going to now go into a real deep dive on the classic that is A Hillbilly Rock by the Woolpackers. Oh, it did come up. That's not what I did, Mark, thinking you were going to be dead excited to talk about today. <laughs> I bet it's on. I bet the one I've got's on your list, though. What have, okay. what have you got? What do you think I'm excited to talk about? Yes, just a little bit by Gina G is on there. So there are now two songs that I can do on name that tune. Dolo back in anger by Oasis, and just a little bit by Gina G, who was a huge crush of mine. I just remember um, crawling about on all fours on video. I've been incredibly confused <laughs> that she was Australian and representing us in um, in the Eurovision. And I can also remember when I was younger asking my mum why Michael Jackson didn't represent us in the Eurovision. <laughs> and we weren't winning and she was getting on. I'm like, why don't we just get Michael Jackson to do it? And she had to explain to me that, you know, the whole, well, he's not from Europe or England thing. Uh, 
which I didn't understand at the time. Either way, but yeah. But neither well. was Katrina from Katrina and the Waves, and they won it for us. No, but I think we'd, we probably would have always had more luck getting Katrina from Katrina and the Waves <laughs> than Michael Jackson. <laughs> you imagine that call? All right, Michael, you're busy. Can you can you pencil us in for next year? <laughs> and I can't do. You hear my voice. I can't do high pitch, so I'm not even going to try and do do the impression of what he would say afterwards. But do a deep voice to Michael Jackson, New Yorkshire accent. Like he he. <laughs> <laughs> there okay, you go. I've done it for you. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so that we had them. I, I also wanted to include like a, a proper dancey one because it was just everyone coming into that era. There's been like sprinklings, and I'm demonstrating what sprinklings <laughs> look like. And there's been sprinklings and in- inklings of, of dance and rave coming in, but uh, this it does seem like it's prominent now. So I definitely wanted to include one. And I was torn between two. And one of my favourite dance tunes of all time was uh, Insomnia by Faithless, which I love. Oh, yes. Yes, um, yes. But I didn't put that on my list. Instead, I went for I Want to Be a Hippie. <laughs> I'd put that on to just mention it just so it would instantly become an earworm for anybody listening. Because yeah. as soon as you say it, you're like, oh, that's going to be in my head all day now. So, yeah, I chose that over Faithless. But oh, the reason I, got- I chose it was because my mum absolutely hated it. So we listened to the top 40 on Sunday and it would always come on and I loved it and she hated it and blah, 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 blah. But I thought she was joking. You're doing that playful thing where, oh, I hate that song. So guess what? I genuinely bought her a Mother's Day one. (laughs) I think it was Mother's Day, but yeah, I bought her the single for that and she was genuinely annoyed at me. Oh, don't blame it. Someone did a cover, not a cover of it. There was a different version of it, wasn't there? Because... I definitely remember more than one version of that song. I have no idea. I'm going to have to look it up. I just know there was two different words, two different lyrics to that, to the exact same tune. But how funny. I can't, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Faithless, probably one of the best (laughs) dance acts of all time. I must admit, when you were running through yours and it's like, oh, I love that one. I look like Born Slippy. I think it's awesome. But there's some great dance tracks coming out on. I don't know. It's I mean, there's a lot of music at the minute. I think I'm not. I struggle to pick my favourites, um, so I'm finding it almost more fun just to pick the notable ones I'm, and leave you leave you to the quality. I'll yeah. go. I'll talk the shite. I'm definitely going to find a way to let them know that they lost out to "I Want to Be a Hippie." They need to know. <laughs> I don't envisage them being that bothered. Like, oh. T- Terry, who? Yeah. Oh, Decapod. Oh, oh. We'll have to listen. Well, actually, yeah, you mentioned Decapod. They'll know Decapod. They may not know me personally, but Decapod, they'll, they'll obviously be aware of that. So we come down to my final three, uh, and I'm going to do these in order of, of both uh, preference and quality because these aren't jokey. These are right. white. Don't, don't smile at me. These are <laughs> genuine quality music. So the third one that I'll be turning in my top three will be You're Gorgeous by Baby Bird. <laughs> Why the fuck are you laughing at that? It's a brilliant song. Y-O-U-R-E-G-O-G-E-O-U-S. Moving swiftly on to my next one, which will be number two. Another absolutely top quality banging track from 1996. I'm so going to release the video for this. Um, <laughs> it's Cecilia by Suggs. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. A cover, but you know. It counts. I love it does, that yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, it is. I bought that on single. 
Now, and now we come on to the, the greatest song of 1996, indisputable, the greatest song of 1996. Maybe, actually, maybe not indisputable because this is it's personal memories. Because in 1996, I went on a school trip. Uh, I believe it was to Holton Moor. I may be wrong. Somewhere like that. And this was the theme tune for our trip. In fact, before I do this, I'm going to tell a story because I I received a certain nick. Oh, God. I don't know how to do this story. I received a certain. I can I do. I received a certain nickname from that trip. In that you can imagine that when you get a bunch of lads together, you can imagine the things they talk about. And one of the things that may have been spoken about was um, how a certain you know teenagers may provide themselves with pleasure. Right, wanking. Yeah, I'm knocking one out. Right. Playing with Bishop, whatever you want to call it. So I, in all innocence, as a joke, as a genuine joke, said, oh, we just use a bottle, it saves mess. Right. I was henceforth for the rest of my school life known as Bottle Boy. It could have been worse, it could have been Bottle Dick. Yeah. But no, that was very much like a scene from the in-betweeners where they would get a stupid <laughs> nickname and then it'd get lumbered with it for the rest of their life. So yeah, so uh, yeah. Then What's this my... got to do with your number one song? Oh, it, it, not a lot. What Just is your a, number one song? You'll find out. No, I'm oh, about right. to tell oh, okay. you. No, it's because <laughs> it's... that was the 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 the, the anthem to our, our trip. It was just played oh, the all the time. To the trip. Yes, it's not... not. I didn't wank to this song. No, I promise I didn't. Because and you'll give away in a second or maybe. Because the greatest song of 1996 was "Mysterious Girl" by Peter Andre. And never once did I touch myself while listening to that song. Mm. Oh dear. So a couple that you miss. So you hold over... on, hold on. Oh, oh no, you're not done. Oh well, I can tell you the ones that I, I added as like that I haven't. Oh, okay. so I had the fire started by Prodigy as well, um, yeah. but that didn't make my list. Instead, you know, I want to be a hippie. Made it good enough by Dodgy was was a, oh, another nice. one that I rolled out. Hey, I found out that Dodgy off from up the road from where I from where I live. My hairdresser knows. <laughs> Somebody who done this another one of my really shit lame claim to fame. I had the most amazing conversation with my hairdresser, and, and I think he said, Yeah, dodgy, yeah, they're from Redditch. So like, oh, nice. Sorry. Can we get them on? <laughs> Do you know? I could I could probably ask. Do it. Ask. Okay. Um, I also had uh Killing Me Softly by the Fujis. I like yeah. the Fujis. Um, and Killing Me Softly was probably my favorite Fujis song. Yeah, I think that's probably the unless they had another sort of top 10 hit i would only know anything that was in the charts that ready or not they covered that bob marley song i think no no. yeah but the other one i think they did no woman no cry i can't remember either way i did like the fujis and i bought the album but then also this one and i think it would be massively remiss not to mention and you were probably going to anyway so i've jumped the gun just to get in there first which was the spice girls came out in 96 so the, where my head went when you said you basically had a school trip where you all talked about wanking and then you'd not had your number one song yet. I thought, oh, the reason why they were talking about it because they were talking about the Spice Girls and which Spice Girl they like to do that to. I masturbated furiously over the Spice Girls at that age. All of them? No, four of them. <laughs> well, I don't, think, I don't think you should reveal who was um, omitted any male listening from that era will know who I emitted. And there's a certain <laughs> one that people didn't do that over. Aww. But it's like, it was interesting because the, the Spice Girl song will never, ever make it into my, and probably most people's top 10 songs of any year. 
but they just had such a huge impact on the industry. I hated them. Oh, I hated them with an absolute passion when they came up because, again, I talked a couple of episodes ago, I was get moving into this thing. So I was like, I was Oasis and like all the Britpop stuff. So they they just look like tacky, tacky. I'm sorry. You were, you were right. Uh, genuinely, you were what? What? You said I'm moving away from that. And I am, um, I was. I was all Oasis. And oh, Britpop. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> what do you think I said? I thought you said you were racist. <laughs> genuinely thought you said, sometimes I do that as a joke. I genuinely <laughs> thought you said you were a racist. Why are you bragging about that? That's not like <laughs> back then I was racist, you know, and I've evolved since then. Now I'm supreme for, racist. I didn't have time for girl groups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy, you know, fighting against racial equality. Um, I found like a wicked clip though of, um, you know, because like take that, they got attacked because they weren't very good singers. I've got a clip where Jerry <laughs> couldn't even lip sync. <laughs> And she forgets. So that's going in the group for um, for, for some chuckles. So I'm going to say I can, I can uh, tie in one of your uh, tedious kind of really bad links to celebrities in the uh, Mel B went to my school. You, what, we'll get her on. No. Don't play the bit where I said I hated them. <laughs> I don't think Mel B would come on. I never knew her. I didn't know anyone that knew her. I just went to the same school. Oh, okay. It was a performance art school. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You would not associate that with me, <laughs> clearly. But yes, I had to do dance, drama, and music at school. And you can imagine me doing dance. I once had to perform in front of the school. I had to pick someone. We had to do some kind of dance to Eye of the Tiger. And <laughs> and I had to pick someone up and kind of twirl around. And let's just say it didn't end well. <laughs> For anyone. <laughs> For anyone. There was very much laughter for other people. Well, I've got a couple of other... Well, no, just one, I think. Oh, no, two, sorry. Virtual Insanity for the video, because that's, it's it's an epic video, basically. And again, it's when videos were, like, important. And then Macarena was... <laughs> that didn't pop up on mine. I've had it in if I'd have seen it. Oh, oh, that makes me nervous. Instantly makes me nervous. But it feels about right because um, I remember, I didn't have many holidays abroad. We went to Portugal and the Macarena was playing in Portugal and like that, and that ties up age-wise, if I think back to sort of the photograph. And when I fell in love with a Portuguese boy called Nelson, who ended up writing me a letter uh, when I got back home. Yeah, so, yeah, Macarena is one of those, isn't it? It's got the same dancers as, as um, Saturday Night by Wigfield and the Locomotion and all that, but it was um, it was hot in 96. It was hot in night. Indeed, it was. Everything was hot in '96. Yeah, apart from no. <laughs> but yeah, so so would you concur with me that the greatest song of 1996 was "Mysterious Girl" by Peter Andre? Absolutely not. I think Peter Andre is the biggest snide in the business, and I don't like him. I think the man is a narcissist. The biggest snide in the business. <laughs> I mean, that's quite extreme, isn't it? I can hear the Spice Girls. <laughs> and that Peter Andre, the biggest snide in the business. Oh, he's awful. He's Why? awful. Why is he awful? He he really annoyed me when he went on I'm a Celebrity. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing, getting involved with Katie Price. And he just knew that that was good for him and his career. And he there's like another like clip of where you can see him gaslighting her. 
and this is like my other podcast again sort of stuff because I do a lot of stuff about breakups and things like that but you can really see the narcissist in him in some of the clips on their show together I think he's a nasty man and I'm glad she's free of him I have points to make about this <laughs> first of all that whole thing is insane here <laughs> yeah that I think that was the only series of I'm a celebrity that I actually watched but uh, either as a spin-off for this show or as a spin-off for your podcast you should analyze celebrity couples and then break it down and work out who was the dick. Yes, I really like that. Gonna need a co-host. I'm. I mean, I will be crap <laughs> analysing, but I'm good at saying who was the dick. <laughs> there you go. That's what you need to do. Yeah. And today on who was the dick? <laughs> yeah, we've sorted. Uh, uh, listeners, Paul, do you want to hear this <laughs> show or not? So how was music overall? Oh, you disagreed clearly with a mysterious girlfriend, whatever. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise Peter Andrew was a narcissist and whatever. Um, but so so your overall view, because you were clearly quite keen on 1995 for music. You saw some hints of that last week. <laughs> what? How would 96 compare to the, the epic era that was 1995? I think it's still really, really strong. I think the reason why 95 is just that little bit more exciting is because it's all stuff coming into the forefront so you're just starting to learn about the bands and I remember that excitement about that scene emerging but 96 is still amazing it's still an amazing year for me I mean god knows why I've got no blur on my list I've got no pulp on my list either but maybe because they got such like big mentions um last week and the, there is still so much indie that I just haven't mentioned because it was just prolific uh, but yeah, I think it's really, but I do like that dance stuff coming through. I really do like it because it, you could have different kind of nights out depending on that. So if I went out on a Friday, that was indie night, that was the pub jukebox and getting all of that indie stuff on. But then you'd go out into Skeg Vegas on a Saturday and it'd be all the really good dance stuff going on. So that I, I do like that split. Yeah. I think that for me, 96, as I look through it, just seemed fun. Yeah. It seemed like, like you said, just a really good mix of, there's still a lot of cheese there. You know, take that, it was still in a couple of songs. I had Westlife and Boys On, who released Words that year, which didn't mm-hmm. even make it in my list. You know, that would have been a top 10 any other year. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you had all the cheese, you had the Britpop, you had the indie stuff, we had dance, we had silly crap like I Want to Be a Hippie, you know, all this kind of, and the Woolpackers, you know, all this, <laughs> you know, it felt like a really good mix this year. And I think, mm. I I think, and you know, I preferred this year's 95 just because it was massively round. But we mentioned about going out, I didn't like going out much at that age, like going to clubs. I remember going to my first club, like, you know, dancey type club and just sitting there being <laughs> fucking bored. Like everyone else is having the time of their life. They're dancing, they're smacking off their tits, all this kind of, I'm just sat there like, when does fun start? Like, you know, When's YMCA coming on? It's, it just, it won't click in. In fairness, I think some of this might be because I grew up in such a small place. So 96, I would have been going out there, getting caught down the path. So I wasn't, I've probably over-egged that a little bit. It's probably a year or two later that I'm actually out at the pub and then a couple of years after that going clubbing. But I don't know, just an ex, just exciting time. Exciting time to be a teenager. I would agree. 
Do you want to, is there anything else on music? Do you want to head over to the mic of the televisual section that we've got? Yeah. Have you got any news that you want to drop in now? Or? Um, I do. I, I had them on post-it notes and I dropped them post-it notes. So if I can find my post-it notes, yes. I can make some news up if you want. I can tell you my news stories. You tell me, yeah. Yeah, thank you. In 1996, take that split up. It was a devastating year. Uh, and uh, many people did cry over that. Also, Dolly the Sheep was cloned in 1996, which is quite amusing, cloned and born. And well, I always thought, genuinely thought, that they cloned the sheep. So they just, like, produced another full-size sheep. I didn't realise <laughs> they, like, cloned, like, the little embryo thing and grew it from that. I just assumed they just popped up a sheep, like, in some kind of machine, like, from the fly. Right. Yeah, I, I think it all went over my head a little bit. I didn't really engage with Dolly the sheep. I think she died a few years ago. Sorry, <laughs> just bring it, bring it back to death. Oh, good. Are they your, are they your two news events? Or have you got any more? I've, I've got, got some more, but we, we'll spread them out to in between because we'll need something to lift us up after the television. I feel. I've also, in fact, I'll do this now. Well, we'll we're we're on this. We're not on the subject, but I'm going to introduce the subject reviews. We've got show reviews, and we did say that we would read some out. So I'm going to read out our two show reviews. Um, so the first one we've got is, uh, this one is from Improv. Improv with an, like a zero rather than an O. I don't know who that is. But either way, it says four minutes into the series, and I'm chomping at the bit for more. That's good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, prepare for your back catalogue to be laid out and analysed in the most unqualified of ways. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. Ah, right. lovely stuff. It is lovely. I don't know that it is, but thank you, Mr. Im- or Mrs. or um, <laughs> they. Uh, improv. Well, that was hashtag spoiler a lot. We've got another five-star review, which, um, <laughs> well, this one says, this is really funny and actually very informative. Well done, guys. Now, I would disagree <laughs> with that slightly. I don't think there's anything informative about this but it's, it's nice to wrong. get a five star review um that's from the wife that's from my wife Aww. um so if you would like to leave us a five star review on apple then you're welcome to leave us a five star review and you know if you want to make it insulting feel free it's gonna get read out you can make it insulting about me because i can't read them until um terry sees them because i don't do apple products so you could go to town <laughs> really happy at that no i'm gonna mix it up next week because <laughs> you won't know like today's here you if I only fucking... ever wasn't on it <laughs> yeah i can't stand that woman but terry is awesome i've never wanted to be with a fox <laughs> men in tights is definitely the best robin hood so much i'm fun i'm gonna have with this now mm-hmm. and why did i say anything <laughs> yeah. Right. You can't avoid it anymore. <laughs> you just procrastinate so you don't have to talk about the telly. Do you want to do your news stories first? <laughs> I've only got two. So I'd I'd also put back Take That and Dolly the Sheep. Um, and then I'd put Nebworth for Oasis. So that's generally one of the biggest rock concerts of all time. My brother went. I was so jealous. I think they're on the video. <sighs> that's... um. Yeah, annoying. And then the other thing that I'd written down was um, Alan Shearer broke a record in football and was bought for £15 million. And I always really remember that because there was a news article about it 
basically saying he's worth that and then it compared what's just been paid for him compared to what they paid a firefighter and it was at that point that exact point I thought I got no respect for football <laughs> because us we got things a bit wrong here where it's like 15 million for a footballer and something like I don't I can't remember the figure for a firefighter two points mm-hmm Firstly, so if someone offered us a fifteen million pound sponsorship for this program, we will turn it down to support no, the firefighters. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, we will take the money and we will keep it. Absolutely, that doesn't mean society's right. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, Stan Collymore broke the record shortly before that when he went to Liverpool. What I believe was eleven million pounds. I could have that wrong because it's off the top of my head, and mm-hmm. I can remember being ridiculed because I went and bragged to all my friends how Liverpool have just, you know, beaten the the world record transfer fee, and then like the following week, Callum Shearer got signed for fifteen million, and uh, I was then brought down a level and learned never to brag again. Did you learn that? I don't think you did. It wasn't me that were banging on about Star Trek being in a certain year. <laughs> But we do have the video of how much you enjoyed the apology. Yeah, I did enjoy that. (laughs) Right, TV. How many shows do you have in your top ten for TV? One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got seven on the list, but one of them isn't in my... I've just done it because it came back and it seems important. That's interesting because I have seven on my list, but one of them I can't stand. And I've put it on there just because probably you will, and it's worth mentioning. Uh-huh. All right. Who go with first? Okay. So uh, let's start off with TFI Friday. Yes. Right. And we don't need to pee. talk about this. We can just cut the clip out from last week and still very close <laughs> Did it. we talk about it properly last <laughs> no, week? No. Uh, I did. It's an element of confusion. So I need, so there's a couple of things I really need to mention about TFI Friday that have really sort of like, it would be, I think it would be in a very problematic section of television um, now, like some of the features, but I don't know. I just loved it. It was very much the spirit of the time. And if I, I'm just going to trigger some people who probably remember this little bit that they used to do a few weeks in a row. They had a little wooden bird that was at the top. <laughs> He's a wooden bird with purple hair. He stuck to the ball so he can go nowhere. Remember that? Vaguely. Uh, um, I, I love that. And me and my friend, we both bought Wooden Birds so we could sing that song all the time. So oh. that, oh, and I feel really sad I don't have it anymore. Um, everybody always remembers the girl that could cry milk um, in Freak or Unique, which yeah. is one of the reasons why I kind of, oh, and uh, ugly books, ugly books. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all so wrong. And then just to sort of, to just sort of, finish on this it also showed us the wonder that is will mcdonald who is very much on my list and he was just oh he's just a beautiful beautiful person and like the whole wheel wheel (laughs) (laughs) but um went to see i've mentioned this a couple of times and i won't always bring this up but this is just another sort of important moment went to see comic relief get filmed in about 2004 and they brought Chris it was when Chris Evans was like coming back and he said I'm doing like a little mini TFI reunion and he went you go on you need to start going wheel and I went oh like that I did it so loud that Chris Evans actually went oh a gasp for Will so it really made my day to see Will 
wheel in the flesh. And the only other thing I can kind of remember straight at the top of my head was, again, is tell me this is lad culture without telling me it's lad culture. They've got Jerry and Kylie on. They wanted them to have an arm wrestle, so they had a snog. And Chris Evans, my God, he was just like, I don't think he ever like looked so pleased as when that moment happened. That got watched several times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to hear my impassioned... <laughs> monologue mm. about TFI Friday. Go back to last week and listen to me talking about Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. But the other <laughs> thing that I, I recall, and I was really, really sad about this, was the last series when Chris Evans went on it. They got all guest hosts in every, every episode. Oh. And then even for the last one, there was like, Chris, he should come back and do the last episode. And he didn't. I think it was Elton John that did the last episode, but they got all guest hosts in for it. And I remember being really disappointed about that. But it was it was probably the... The first TV program that I genuinely just, I don't know, loved or, or just enjoyed watching it. It was about an hour, wasn't it? It was, it was, a, it wasn't yeah. a, a short show. It just like hooked on it, loved it. it. Just it was a complete release and if it's a complete escapism because it was mm-hmm. just a bit bonkers, you know. And yeah. it was just great. That desk and everything. And like everyone signed the desk, and you got Reef singing "It's Your Letters." I'm just yeah. getting as many earworms from it into people's heads as I possibly can because it it was it was a very important show, and it was Friday night for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've also got, and this is the one that I hate, and I think you will like it, but I hate. It. Never mind the Buzzcocks. Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely no. love it. Love the original host. No. I hate the original host. <laughs> Matt Lamar is on my list of people that I would happily just poke in the eye <laughs> and just and laugh about it afterwards. It's just you, you mentioned before about someone being smug. Peter Andre, it's like Matt Lamar's in that bracket. I look at him and he's just a pompous twat. I hate him. He's just horrible. Everything about him, it just oozes grease from his paws and he's unpleasant. And the show was just really snidey and it didn't feel funny or witty or intelligent. It just felt unpleasant. Ah, but I I look at it from the way I was a very snarky, sarcastic teenager. So it was better. Basically, I loved it for the reason that it was mean because I was probably quite mean. Using words like were and was. <laughs> People can hear you laughing, but they can't see the look you shot me for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, they will. We'll move on to the uh, the next TV programme. And I will just say that the TV for 96 was pretty poor, in my opinion. I did like TFI Friday. Um, I didn't like Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Sabrina the Teenager Witch come out in 1996, Mm. which... I actually quite enjoyed it. One of my guilty pleasures at the time. It wasn't like something I'd watch all the time, but it's just, I don't know, I found it quite amusing. But again, not great TV, but worth mentioning. The Simpsons came onto terrestrial TV. I don't know, and I, I, I couldn't find this out. I couldn't, I don't know if they'd been on Sky in the UK uh, before. I think, yeah, because I was, uh, I was right. pulling the face when you said, I was like, no, they were on TV way right. earlier than that. But yeah, it would have been Sky. Yeah, uh, so that's when I first come across them. I think they're on BBC Two to begin with. Yeah, um, and I loved them at first. I got quite bored of The Simpsons quite early. I don't think I got past sort of season five or six, but this I did enjoy it. it. 
do you like the Treehouse of Horror ones though? Because I would have thought that would really appeal to you when they do, because like they're one of the Shining is amazing. I've, I don't know if I've seen that one. I might have done. I've not watched The Simpsons for years, and I think I've blocked a lot of it out of my head. I might go. It's on Disney Plus. I might go back and revisit them. I would definitely watch the Halloween ones because they parody so many films that you'll right. so you'll get like the most references probably. But yeah, I get what you mean. They still go in as well i have to say i do dip into it every now and then when i just sort of catch that it's on it still makes me laugh i still think it's good and it's got its place i might go back and give it a watch because they're only 20 minutes we'll see the one that i did used to watch that amused me not great tv by any stretch but it amused me was all rise for julian cleary oh i did i did spot on the list i didn't watch it so got in trouble for adding stuff i've not seen before i don't mind you adding stuff you haven't seen before to bring (laughs) it in for reference it's when you then argue about (laughs) the quality of it that it deserves me slightly (laughs) yeah it wasn't brilliant but it was amusing the mark thomas comedy product was also on in 96 and i don't think i watched it then i think i caught it later on but I really enjoyed that. It was my first glimpse into how corrupt things mm. can be. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was also funny, but also just like quite disturbing, yeah. you know. The, but yeah. Uh, and then my favorite thing, probably even more so than TFI Friday, even though I loved it that much, my favorite thing from 96 was Billy Conley's World Tour of Australia. Oh I, gosh, that didn't I, even come up. Yeah, I adore Billy Connolly. Uh-huh. And I think that was my first proper introduction to him. I remember after watching that, I'd just buy whatever DVDs I could find. And and I watched his uh, coming forward a few years now, but uh, last New Year's Eve was spent with me watching Billy Connolly's latest tour, you know, because he's got Parkinson's. Yeah. yeah. And it's just some of the jokes in it, just you, you can imagine him taking Mick out of himself. It's absolutely brilliant. He's just talking and saying how he's, he says every now and again, he looks down and his hands coming up. He's coming up to all the space. He has to turn back down. And yeah, I, I love Billy Connolly. So you're going to hate me, aren't you? If you say you'd hate Billy Connolly, yeah. Oh, no, I, I love him. I thought, I've been, I've seen him twice. Oh, <laughs> I think I've got over this now. I just expect <laughs> you to have seen everyone. I think you just have. I'd be more surprised when you say you haven't seen someone. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he was, that, he was good. That's my TV from, from 1996. There's two really good quality programs in Billy Conley, TFI Friday, absolute fucking tripe in Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and some other decent stuff as well. Okay. So, only things that I'm going to add in um, is the Demon Headmaster. <laughs> What really worries me is, right, so I've just done this whole thing. I was like, yeah, I was being like a cool kid and stuff. I watched that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a kid show. Why was I watching that? That's a bit weird, but I do remember it. I've also written down, so the show that we're going to get hate for this, so I do apologise. Send it my way. So Doctor Who returned in 96, but I think Doctor Who's really boring. With Eccleston, I believe, if I read Mm. Wikipedia right. No, you're shaking your head. No. No. Um, I think, and I, I will be held accountable for this. I'm not the <laughs> biggest Doctor Who fan, but yes, please send hate mail in. Um, <laughs> it was like a standalone film that was out in 96. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Who came back after that. I don't know. You tell me who. Who? Who? <laughs> this is a wrestling reference we're doing now, by the way, by going who, who, who. No, you- 
not we. Fair enough. I'm just doing my Doctor Who joke. Well, we can we can check that. Um, I think it was later than that. Um, it must have been. I don't know. I uh, I would have said 2000s Doctor Who returned. I think there was a standalone thing. Okay, that's very. I don't mean with Tenant particularly, but yeah, okay, no problem. I spotted 96 next to it and various other dates. Okay, so who knows whether or not then that this other show returned in 96, but Wikipedia also does. Now I'm excited about this one because the Wombles returns. <laughs> Can't disagree with that. I don't know. I'm not excited by it. I mean, that's lovely to know the Wombles were back on the telly in 96. It's such a lovely show. Just absolutely love it. And it's is it Bernard Cribbins that does the um, the voice for it? Because he's just, is he, yeah, is, is he still alive, isn't he? You were in charge at deaths. No, okay, maybe. I think he's still, but yeah, just really like the Wombles. My only real experience with the Wombles was when uh, Eddie and Rich tried to catch them on Wimbledon. Come yeah, on. Wombles! <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too far before 96 actually which is interesting i'd also written down airport one of the first of i can't remember if it was airport or the one with joe mcdonald i think it might have been airport which was the first of those fly on the wall documentaries that just kind of made celebrities out so jeremy and i went to look at what jeremy's doing now probably still working at the airport to be fair but yeah i just thought that's a whole genre kind of reinvented and becoming really, you know, we still have those now, don't we? Yeah. And the only other one that I've got on my list is Adam and Joe show. So I used to dip into the Adam and Joe show a little bit when it was on TV, but I became a massive fan of Adam and Joe when they used to host the Saturday show on Six music adore them adam buxton is one of my favorite podcasters and yeah and they're so young in the adam and joe show so to be producing the kind of comedy they do it is awesome so it's worth like looking back on some of the stuff they used to do i never watched it and i've not had much to do with them so i can't really comment on that <laughs> but they're worth it his um podcast stuff if you like interview podcasts is it's brilliant i, I- Really dislike interview podcasts. Well, that's lovely for you, isn't it? <laughs> right. I've got one TV event. Ooh, TV event. What happened in 1996? <laughs> it was eventful. <laughs> OJ Simpson did his first interview and he did it for tonight with Richard and Judy. Can you guess how much his fee was? Uh, one million dollars. One pound. Oh. <laughs> that was the main reason i wrote it. i was like oh, i did it for a pound apparently it got absolutely slated richard and judy would would were not like hard hitting with the questions to him and the show tonight with Richard and judy was cancelled quite soon <laughs> after so um that was my tv event oh. i did not know that i don't remember Richard and judy having a, an, an evening tv show no because i bet it was about six weeks and it was probably <laughs> out of our lives forever so on a scale of one to ten how crap was TV in 1996? Oh, gosh. It's redeemed for me only by those standout shows that were good. But it is it is really bad. Really bad. Yeah. I think you're right. There's a couple of good shows in there. But there's, you know, I'm like scrolling through trying to find a yeah. show. I think part of it is there was a lot of stuff I haven't seen. But there's also a lot of stuff I just didn't enjoy. Mm. Um, and I was just struggling to find anything that rung any kind of a bell or that I enjoyed at all, and it it got quite depressing. But 
thankfully, we cover three broad topics, not just TV. So we had an epic music. We had a, oh, yeah, not great TV, but we've got films to come. But in between TV and film, I think that you should tell people why they should come and join our magnificent Facebook group. Oh, okay. Because it's awesome. And genuinely, like, we do lots of just silly, like, silly polls. <laughs> I feel like I've sworn for a few by calling them silly. <laughs> <Love a> poll. <laughs> but we do, we just, the chat that we kind of have on here, we extend that to the group. We ask loads of questions and it's a really friendly, friendly bunch of people. And now I also infect the group with TikTok videos. <laughs> invite people to come and do duets with me because dear listener the quest to find jimmy nail has begun i decided our first ever tiktok video should be um ain't no doubt um and it's going to go out into the twitter sphere and i'm going to try and find jimmy and i think and <laughs> get jimmy basically <laughs> are you going to be using the hashtag nailing emma Yes, I am now. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, definitely, definitely nail me. Yeah, yeah. So, but we try to keep it fun, and we like lots of engagement. And like the guys that are already in there, you're like you're awesome. Like you give us loads of really cool suggestions for things that we've missed, and I think we kind of put a bit of an SOS about TV out there <laughs> today. Terry posted earlier to go. I don't know. This is my face, like looking at TV for '96, and there was so many comments about shows that we mentioned now everyone's going to be annoyed both that we didn't mention that <laughs> show and that i brought it up <laughs> but it's another reason to join because you just told them they get to see my face yeah and if that doesn't exactly. entice people to come and join the group i don't know what will uh, there we go so I am also going to give the regular feature that I know you look forward to with all your heart and soul. <laughs> We're going to have the wrestling roundup from 96 with a key story. Well, not the key, my favourite bit of 1996. Uh, and all, all of them so far, I think, have, uh, have, have involved Bret Hart. We yeah. have Bret Hart and the Bulldog. We had Bret Hart getting screwed over by Hulk. We had Bret Hart winning the title this year. This year, he loses the title in WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels in a 60-minute Iron Man match. Now, an Iron Man match is where you can pin each other as many times as you want. The weather gets the most pins wins. But, and here's the kicker, you'll like this. No one beat anyone, so it was 0-0. So, Bret should have stayed champion, but they didn't. Gorilla Monsoon came down, and all these words are relevant. Gorilla Monsoon came down and said, restart the match, and then Shawn Michaels won. And just for your reference, Shawn Michaels was Tiger Pants, as you referred to okay, okay. So, yeah, it was kind of screwed out of it again. Uh, I'm also going to take this opportunity to mention a little bit more about Euro 96 because it did take over the nation. And as you said, right back on our introductory episode, this you were probably the only person in the UK that didn't give a crap about it. But it was huge. I can remember watching, I don't know if I watched every game, but pretty much almost every game that came on the TV and I loved it. And I remember being devastated when England didn't win. But on that sombre note... But at least, like, benefit you had that year, you didn't have everybody on bloody social media going, it's coming home. It's coming home, though. It's coming home. No, we just said it in person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All the time at school. Oh, uh, I was like, it's coming home. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not going to win as any fans, am I? I hope nobody starts at this episode. No, it's all right, because when we get to about 2002, I won't have any football updates, because that's when I went off football. So <laughs> you've only got to... 
you know, once we get our nineties, I think we're done for football. Oh, lovely. lovely. Still got wrestling, but I think we're done for football. Right. I'll take that. Take that. I split up in ninety-six. You did. Let's see what you did there. Yeah. Do you want some death? Yes. Hit me with a death. I've got three. John Pertwee linking to earlier sketchy Doctor Who <laughs> potential um, on the TV. Beryl Reed, great comedy actress, and Willie Rushton, who I was amazed died as early as that. Um, Willie Rushton, um, did you ever watch Trapdoor? Yeah. Narrator. Okay. It always amuses me how many people I don't know that when you tell me they've died. It's like, should I know these people? I don't know. It's all sad anyway. It is. It's always sad. It's just It's just a little a little mention. So there we go. But I always follow it up with a couple of um, people born. One is Tiger Drew Honey. Um, he's one of the kids. He's the eldest kid from Outnumbered, a very funny show. I love that show. Yeah. That, that's got, that, well, that's 2000, isn't it? 2010, maybe. Yeah. Brilliant show. Yeah, awesome. And Tom Holland. I like I Tom Holland. Like. Yeah, yeah, I like Tom Holland. There you go. I thought I I felt really confident I could cheer you up this this time around, and that was successful. So there we go. Right, I'm ready for film. Film. What were your thoughts on film from 1996? I got my 10. Yeah, all right, actually. All right, yeah, good. Like a real good variety. There's a good variety of type of film on my list, I'd say. I I got 14. Yep, that I managed, that I, I compacted down to ten. I thought there was it, at first it was quite underwhelming when I looked at it, but then when I sort of dug beneath the the big budget blockbusters that most of which I didn't like, I'm like, oh, I remember that film and that one were good, that were good. And I don't think again, it's not one of those where it's like the best film year ever, but just some really good stuff in there. With mm-hmm. uh, I've got an interesting uh, take on something as well when we get to it. An interesting tidbit, if you will. Oh, lovely. Lovely stuff. You like go you like go second, don't you, on the films? I don't mind really. Do you want me to go first then? I don't mind. Well, I'll go first then, seeing as you okay. said I like to go second, just to be <laughs> contrary. Um, right. Well, I'm gonna start off with the biggest film of the year, which was Independence Day. Yeah, I've got that on my list. I think it's pretty rubbish, but it's it's a blockbuster. It, it's it's watchable. It's there's just a lot of it's a bit problematic in general. Why is it problematic? There's just I mean there's like the bit where he punches the alien. That's a bit silly. The whole thing like the president can't he like fly a rocket or something? Doesn't the, doesn't the president like end up going to fight the aliens? Yeah, if I, if I remembered it wrong. Yeah, I think so. I mean. The thing for me, you've got to when you've got a film like Independence Day, you have to accept the fact that Will Smith's going to punch an alien. <laughs> you know, it's it's like we Game of Thrones, the ending to that, and people say it didn't seem realistic. But then you get the mic taken out of you because there's dragons and stuff, so it could be realistic. But it's not that; it's the theme of the the theme of the show didn't feel realistic for the end of it. Independence Day's got that silly sci-fi feel to it. And I don't mean that in a derogatory mm. fashion. It's a silly sci-fi, so I can totally, totally get my head around. I can't remember the character's name, but Will Smith punching an alien. And I, but I, I think I'm inclined to agree with you a little bit, and I love myself for saying that. But it's, it's like, I 
really enjoyed the film at the time. So if you ask me now how good was Independence Day, I'm tempted to say it was awesome. Mm. But I've never revisited it. I've never had the urge to go back and watch it. I've no desire at all to watch it again. And I didn't watch the recent one that came out because I've no desire to see a sequel. So it's a bit like I'm conflicted. It's like I've got good memories of it, but I've no desire. To see. Maybe I just don't want to spoil those good memories. Mm, it probably wise. However, uh, this is my little tidbit because it just really interested me because it when we talk about blockbusters, it, like, I looked at the, um, the, the grossing for the films mm. and Independence Day was like over 800 million. And the second film, which is actually on, on my list as well, but it was like 450 million. So Independence wow. Day did nearly double in the second ice film. And I think this is probably, I didn't go back and look at others, but it's probably that time where you start getting those big hits mm. that just blow everything else out of the water, and which is quite interesting. But the, the second highest grossing film is on my list, which was Twister. I didn't have that on my list, didn't I? Um, I'm a little bit scared of weather, so I wouldn't have wanted to. <laughs> What was it? Oh, yeah, because you said you won't watch Game of Thrones because it looked cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like I don't like that concept. And when I um I had to um drive through kind of Kansas and Texas once, and um I was absolutely obsessed that there was going to be a what's what's the real word for it? It's not a twister. Um, what they call tornado. Yeah, I was absolutely obsessed there'd be a tornado and that would be how I would die. And I didn't enjoy it. And there was a very small one. I mean, if you're going to die, that seems oh, like no, a pretty that's, epic that's way. A horrible. Killed in a tornado. Oh, no. I mean, no, not no, nice no. to die, but that's how you'd want to die. That's like no. you, on your tombstone, your tombstone, your gravestone, you want it. Here lies <laughs> Terry Cook, killed by a tornado. No. That's how I want to go. Peacefully in their sleep. No. Oh, I cannot think of anything worse than dying in your sleep. Be unaware. That's what scares the crap out of me. This is why I don't <laughs> sleep well, because I'm scared of sleep, because what if I die? I'd never know. I would <laughs> yeah, never know. that's perfect. No, when I die, I want some kind of disease that I've got for about a week, so I know I'm going to die, and I know my life's over, and I can accept it and move on. I didn't die in my sleep tonight. That's not good. Oh, I was going to edit this for a start, but... <laughs> if I, I want this show to go out if I die tonight I want this to be my abiding memory <laughs> but don't get anyone to film me afterwards <laughs> no can you carry it on yourself if you want but no one's taking my spot oh well yeah I'll get like that background <laughs> just through an empty space <laughs> yeah we should do that next week Stephen <laughs> um, moving on <laughs> I also had Mission Impossible. I don't have that. Never seen it. Doesn't interest me. Interest it, me at all. It's a bit like Independence for me in that I enjoyed watching it. Really enjoyed watching it. But I don't remember an awful lot about it, and I've no great desire to see it again. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy it at the time. Uh, then we move on to Hellraiser Bloodline. No, that is not on my list. No, and I've included this because it's one of the worst films ever made. It's <laughs> genuinely atrocious. Now, Hellraiser is basically, uh, you've seen the image of Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Comes up from hell when the magic box open. Hellraiser Bloodline, they basically go to space. Oh, good it, grief. Exactly. It's, it's one of those that if you watch it when you're drunk, it would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Watch it sober and no. That, that would probably induce the death we were talking about before. <laughs> but there's some more cracking horror films coming up, so we're all good. 
because you've also got The Craft. Yeah, I don't have that. Okay. Uh, really good film, really fun uh, remake was made this year that was really crap, but the, orig- uh, the original was really, really good. The next horror film is about, basically, this girl's got telekinesis, essentially, and she causes all kinds of problems at school, this kind of stuff. It's called Matilda. <laughs> okay, it's not a horror, but it's a cracking film. Yeah, it didn't make my list. It's my favourite Roald Dahl book, though. I think I like James and the Giant Peach, which I think actually came out this year on film as well. Yeah, oh, nice six. Yeah, it was like a, I think there's a cartoon version that came out. I could be wrong. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar actually. Yeah, it, yeah, good film. Danny DeVito, legend. Then we come to my four films, which will probably be my top four films of this year, and they're all horrors. I've got Tremors 2, Aftershock, Mm-mm. which also, if you remember, do you remember how um, you said that you liked me being able to say things with Terry Fick and Terry Ball uh-huh. and, and what I'd one for you? Well, this is yours, isn't it? Tremors. No. Yeah. You no, have I been... I, have, I spent hours working this out for you and gifted you the word Tremor because it incorporates your name as a present, and you're essentially throwing it back in my face. Yeah, because it's rubbish. <sighs> Tremors 2 Aftershocks is not rubbish. <laughs> it's not the best Tremors film. It's not great, but it's good. I enjoyed it. Oh, I didn't mean that. I wasn't even passing judgment on the film. Just as a pun with my name in it, it's rubbish. Then we come to a genuine <laughs> top three, which uh-huh. is Mars Attacks. Yeah, I've got Mars Attacks. Um, it's like a B-movie type piss take isn't it i i think that the more i do this more i realize how much i love b movies yeah and i don't mean the disney the the mm. pixar b movie but boom shh, i like mm-hmm. that that amused me but yeah i like mars attacks it was a bit in fact, i'm going to revisit that i'm not going to talk about it i'm going to revisit it and we'll, we'll go from there uh, i've also got crash not the one with sandra bullock and that but the one uh the david cronenberg weird crash. one the weird one yeah the weird Why? one. Because it's brilliant. It's a cracking oh, film. Oh, dear. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Yes, it's a cracking film. It's weird, but that's what I like. Okay. Well, do you know what? Then that is fair enough, and it is not for me to look at you the way I just did. <laughs> I think um, I know what your number one is. Well, I mean, if you couldn't guess this, it'd be, it'd be, yeah. it would be a nightmare if you couldn't guess this. Oh, interesting, because if uh, you listened to the show maybe last year or the year before, you all heard me talk about A New Nightmare being one of my favourite films of all times. A New Nightmare was basically a precursor for the epic film, which, if I remember rightly, you also believe is epic, which was Scream. Yes, yeah, it, I, it is one of my favourite films. I love it. I, I just love it. I love its self-awareness. And it it is generally got some scary moments in it as well. Yeah, Drew Barrymore at the start. That That is one of the cleverest things that the film does. Use her and then... Brilliant. It's, that, for me, is not scary as in jump scary, mm. but one of the scariest things in film I've ever seen up to that point and probably beyond, because at that point, you know anything can happen yeah it takes all the rules off the table nothing is is off limits now it's like shit just got real and Mm -hmm. it's just 
it, it's pure. I don't know. I, I can't. I couldn't gush enough about this film, but I, I can't talk about it without talking about a new nightmare again because that's that's the genesis mm-hmm. of it. That's where it came from. And you know, I, I think it was last year when I was speaking about a new nightmare, and I went on a bit of a preaching monologue there, which I'm, you know, you might notice I'm prone to do occasionally. Um, <laughs> but that's 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 a Wes Craven. He was the king of horror, and and. I I think that you should anyone that hasn't watched these films should watch them back to back. Watch a new nightmare. You don't have to watch anyone's previously, and then watch Scream. And I think if you watch them back to back, it's like the greatest back to back of different films mm. of all time. And it's just an absolute masterpiece of Scream. And that it's the opening scene that gets me above anything else with um, with Drew Barrymore. Who and it was that conversation they're yeah. talking about. Um, you know. It's, do you like scary movies and all that? And originally, it was originally going to be called Scary Movie, uh, but then they decided that was too cheesy, so we're going to change it and call it Scream. And uh, originally, Drew Barrymore was going to be Sydney, and I believe mm. it was Drew Barrymore that said, no, I want to do this. And I think Wes Craven's eyes must have gone, bang, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And it's just epic. Now, admittedly, that's the high point of the franchise. It did slowly wane down, and two was good three was shit four was okay then we've got a remake coming out i believe this christmas but um not a remake a continuation on but oh god such a good film it reignited my passion for horror and not just that it reignited horror especially slasher films going forward because up until that point you only mentioned hellraiser which is kind of a slasher you have that hellraiser the the old nightmare on elm streets you had friday the 13th the halloween's where all degenerated into basically what is just tripe that as much as i enjoy it it's crap film even though I enjoy it, it's crap. And then you had Scream come along, which just basically punches them in the face and says, fuck you, this is film now. See, Scream to you is what different classes to me. That was wonderful to what. <laughs> it's, it's just marvellous. And the greatest thing about it all is that you classed it as one of your favourite films of all time. And it's horror. Mm. I just cannot get over how much horror you actually have. But what I will probably say, and I'm just sort of taking the, the joke aside from it for a second, it does seem that when you like a horror film, you like the real quality horror films, mm-hmm. not the ones like I say, where I like Nightmare on Elm Street because of the cheesy side of it, or I like watching the sadistic stuff or for that side of it or whatever, uh, or the or Crash because it's just really fucking weird. You like the the high quality horror, like Misery, like uh, forget the debate whether yeah, it's horror, yeah. you know, like Misery and, and like Scream. And I think that that is you. I found a new found respect for you, Evan Morgan. New found respect. Well, you've not heard my list yet, so <laughs> fuck's sake. This is why I go second. Save my monologues for the end. We might be able to sort of, yeah, like, cut it around. But, yeah, right. We're just going to go in there, right? <laughs> just get this out of the way. Naughty Professor. Oh, for um... fuck's sake. It's absolute <laughs> shit. Well, you, can't, you could have come in. I'm, I'm sure there's quality on your list. I'm sure there is quality on your list. You could have come in with a quality one, and I'd have been like, <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. No, I get that. And then dripped in uh, Naughty Professor. fuck's sake. I'm muting myself for a minute. I think it's. I just think it's. A, it's a good fun film. But I also wanted to get it out of the way. Uh, First Wives Club. I, I really. I basically. I love Goldie Horn. I, I think she's brilliant. Uh, and also like. I think it's Diane Keaton and Bette Midler. And also, <laughs> can probably become part of that club myself. <laughs> it's 
So that film's got a different kind of meaning to me now, but it's a really good film. I've also got The Birdcage, which is one of my favourite. You look absolutely furious now. Uh, well, you're just listening to films I don't know now, so it's not... It's, <gasps> it's, um, I don't know what the word is, just like... Oh, oh so The Birdcage is in Robin Williams, and yeah, it's great. It's just got a great kind of premise about it. I think it's a bit overlooked, and it's um, Nathan, Nathan Lane, I want to say as well, but yeah. Great, great campy goodness. And then I've also got, I'm trying to get good stuff and making sure that the really good stuff is The Last of Us. So I put Ransom down as well. But mainly because I, are you shaking your head at that? Like for not knowing it? I don't think I've seen it. I don't, it doesn't ring a bell. So if I do like Mel Gibson going, give me back my son. <laughs> like you don't remember that film. Oh, okay. Uh, thriller, genuine like thrillers about kidnapping and he's like a really rich person <laughs> hence he can pay the ransom <laughs> okay did he pay the ransom in the end i think they might sneak a, i think they might sneak the child out i don't think he does have to pay the ransom in the end i think they get him back anyway without okay. having to pay, pay the money i'm also going to mention fargo which now i think you would like fargo because it would be one you would argue is a horror and I will argue is a thriller. But yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I've seen you disappointed, but I think like this might be the pinnacle of it. I've got train spotting. Oh, train spotting was on my list until I condensed it. Oh yeah, I forgot that you had more. Yeah. I didn't watch Train Spotting until about two years ago, maybe a bit longer ago, when they were bring and I still haven't seen the new one. So I only watched the original because I really wanted to to sort of, and then I didn't bother watching the new one. So go figure. But I think it's a brilliant film, really sort of represents sort of the world of 96 it's great but my all-time favorite film that came out in 1996 and I saw it when I went to university is Happy Gilmore which I think is just a brilliant comedy and Adam Sandler really frustrates me because I think he does some really good films and then some really awful films I would say Happy Gilmore when he's much younger is a real it's just a really good comedy I love it I like doing impressions like from like things that really kind of goes you like that <laughs> and um yeah it's just great just the bants and stuff like that have seen it oh my god i thought you were nodding then as if like you knew what i was talking about no i was amused by your impression <laughs> <laughs> i was desperately searching for a better line than just you like that yeah that that's my turn and i, I feel really bad but i stand by it I mean, I can't really comment because I haven't seen them, and unlike some people, I refuse to get into a massive debate about films I haven't seen. In my defence, I will say my top three, um, the, the top three that I had were Scream, Mars Attacks and Independence Day. Uh, they sound like a good top three. Uh-huh. So I, I went on a bit of a monologue there about Scream. I'd be interested to to hear your thoughts on Scream, and as you refer to it as one of the, the greatest films of all time. Again, I don't think I watched it. I definitely didn't watch it in 1996. And I've always been a bit scared of horrors, but I really wanted to see it. Me and my friend went through a phase where we used to watch a lot of horror films together. Maybe it's like one of those things. And I don't, I won't watch anything supernatural. I hate supernatural stuff, but I do like sort of ones with killers on the roots because normally they get caught 
or at least most of the time I did. And uh, I'd heard it was funny as well. So the comedy element like appealed to me and like so many people talking about it eventually want to like, want to watch it. And yeah, I just, I liked the, they don't break the fourth wall, but they're extremely, there's a character, isn't there? Who's basically saying these are the rules of a yeah. horror film. I like Courtney Cox in it as well. And who would become her husband, David Arquette. She's really good. She's really good in that. Him. <laughs> It's but it's just good. I can't really like I've gone a bit waffly every time you kind of gone to me for comment on stuff. But it, it it's just really good. I like Matthew Lillard as well. Matthew he's one of the, in my opinion, one of the most underrated mm. actors in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. I mean, he was brilliant in that film. I wish I'd have somehow managed to keep him in for the the follow-ups. Uh, stuff like my mind's gone blank, but Scooby Doo, it was in Scooby? that. You could, yeah, you couldn't find a better Shaggy than Matthew. What's it? Is it Millard or Willard? Lillard, isn't it? Lillard. Yeah, it's Matthew somewhere. Matthew Ard. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just, he's brilliant. I love him. But yeah, you, I think actually, do you know what? I don't think it was intentional, but you made a very good point in that you said um, about waffling. And I think that's what this year feels a bit like. Mm. It doesn't feel like, aside from Scream for me, even with the music, it doesn't feel like there's anything where you go, that one thing there is phenomenal. It feels like it's a bit blase. No, that's not right. But it's all just good or really good. It's not, there's no, like you did with your, your 95 in the music, there's so much phenomenal stuff. It doesn't quite feel like that. It feels a bit, a bit waffly. My only counter to that would just be TFI, um, yeah. because it was just such a huge show and so different. That would be my only sort of, and it kind of brought everything together. It brought the music together, and and then comedy and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Okay, so from your films, which film would you recommend that people go and watch right now, this second? Birdcage. It's it's just a delight. It, it's really nice. Really good, really good film. Okay. I am sticking with Scream. I know mm-hmm. it's popular. I know a lot of people have seen it, but I'm going to just tweak what I was saying slightly and go back to what I was saying, which is watch A New Nightmare and then Scream. Watch them together back to back. It's it's a treat. It's an absolute joy. And if you feel extra special, watch them with the commentaries on as well. That's mega. Oh. I love a film commentary. Yeah. Mm. One of my favourite things. I'll watch the film, then I'll go back and watch it with a film commentary straight after. And if they've got another one, I'll go back and watch that again. Oh. So it takes up a full day just watching film commentaries. Oh, lovely. Well, that's kind of died out a little bit with the um, DVDs going. I know. I'm very disappointed. But you get, no, well, no, because actually they're bringing all the old stuff back. It's like the, the re-released um, They Live recently. I think that was last year, actually. But and, and that's got all sorts of bonus features on and commentaries and that. And that was a brilliant film. So to go back and watch that with all that stuff. And they did the same with Nightmare on Elm Street with um, Rez Craven did commentary over Nightmare on Elm Street and then New Nightmare. And it's just fascinating. And one on Jaws as well with Steven Spielberg. And, well, God, I'll gosh and wax lyrical about that when we get to that one but but yeah some of the stuff he says on there you never i think it's my my um my birthday treat that i always do on my birthday always watch jaws always Mm -hmm. that's my my birthday treat and it was only last year i realized that 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 my birthday i'm not giving away my birthday now i don't care because i'm making a point it's the first of october 
what's at the end of October? Halloween. It's literally the best month in ever. It's it's <laughs> like bookended by my birthday and Halloween. You don't get a better month than that. Are you going to wear a Halloween costume when it's Halloween for this? Um, yeah, we can do a Halloween special. That's yeah. a good idea. Nice. I'll come as... Oh, shall I come? Nothing too complicated. <laughs> I'll come as uh, David Arquette from Scream. <laughs> or Ghostface. That, that's uh-huh. fairly simple. I can do that. Yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. Right, 96. Done. Done. Um, if you have enjoyed listening to us talk about night, when I go like that, it sounds a bit like I've inserted the clip because I get a little <laughs> bit formal. If you've enjoyed listening to this show, subscribe. But now, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe. It's not particularly that we want you to listen. It's just we want the numbers. You know, mm-hmm. if you click subscribe, we get more listeners, and then that sounds good. Then it makes me happy to have lots of numbers. So go click subscribe because to make me and probably I'm, I'm assuming it makes you feel good as well when you see all those numbers come up. I don't get to see them. I have to ask you. So when you send me them, yes, that sounds like a dig at you, and it wasn't. <laughs> I don't, I don't have the dashboard like you do. I, I thought you did. I will change the settings so you can see everything. Now I feel weird because now it's probably that I just haven't found it. Anyway, we like it when you subscribe because it gives us a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Yeah. And it gives you immediate access to any Decapod episodes that drop free and um yeah so go subscribe and make sure you leave us a review because we will read them out and we may do some kind of prizes or whatever for people to leave the best reviews who knows go join the group on facebook you can like type in decapod it'll likely come up you may get the page which we haven't used and it's still got the wrong cover on but it's fine you can find the group uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram that we don't really use as well, but we'll get there. But above all things, go and nail Emma on TikTok. <laughs> Emma is literally begging for you to nail her on yes. TikTok. She literally asks you to go and nail her on TikTok. But we have enjoyed providing you with this wonderful entertainment tonight, almost as much as you've enjoyed listening to it. So I'm going to throw over to the uh, the might that is Emma Morgan to send this out with her epic wrap-up of 1996. And if it doesn't include Scream being the best film of 1996, uh, we may be redoing it. <laughs> right. You're not dad. Um, okay. So that was 1996, um, a year that was a little bit hazy for TV, but thank goodness, um, or TFI. Um, I don't know why you're looking at your watch. Why it's so long. I just wondered what time it was. There's no subliminal message there. I just thought, I wonder what time it is. (laughs) Just just literally just look down and watch to see what the time is. There you go. I was like, I've only done one sentence. It can't be taking me too long to do it. (laughs) Right. Go again. Right. That was 1996. It was the year that TV was not generally great, but TFI, TFI Friday, because that was kind of the saving grace that we had in that space. Um, As much as that we didn't think about it, we won't look back in anger because we still had amazing things like the Oasis, um, Nebworth concert, lots of amazing music from bands like Prodigy, Firestarter, and whatever band it was that did I Wanna Be a Hippie that knocked Faithless out of Alice altogether. But 
we're both in agreement from a film perspective. The thing that really stole the show for 1996 and generally what I will take away from this will be the film Scream. Techno head. <laughs> Thanks. You don't read the show notes, do you? No. No. I didn't Why? think you did. Because I've progressively been putting more and more oh, stuff in. Something, hang on a minute. There's something about my list, isn't there? Oh, well, there's always something about your list. Say, so, well, like, what new additions are on Emma's list? But no, every week I put some more and more brazen in there just to see if you read it. And you never say, oh, so I'm like, oh no, you're not reading it. Because on the last one I did specifically state, here's Emma's TikTok, go and do it with her. I spoke about how the uh, Men in Tights is the best Robin Hood film. Fact. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I can say what I want because you're not reading it. It's brilliant. And sign it as Emma. It's great. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs>